go to the prayer day, then you had a whole day of teaching and praying on prayer. And now we're going to have another message on prayer. It's not going to be so much focused on the prayer element, but another aspect of it. And uh, I just it's really exciting what we're going to do because we're actually going to get to do some praying, which is going to be great. Uh, and um, great to have guests here. Uh, great to have you online. Um, prayer is something that is active. And yesterday we were at a children's youth uh, conference. And it was just really exciting to hear people talk about children praying. And it just reminded me of when I uh, started out working with children and young people about the kind of things that we did. So I really, my prayer today is that we get really excited and motivated to pray. We came on Friday for the prayer meeting and we opened the door to the room. And as you know, this is a school and we opened the door to the room and it stunk of uh, sweaty young people. <laughs> and I got in there and I thought, really, Lord, are we going to pray in here? And it was cold, and it was me and my mum. That was it. And so I said, well, let's just go next door. And we went next door, and there was a nice carpet, and it was a bit nicer, and it was still just me and my mum. And I said, but you know what? God told us to pray, so that's what we're going to do. And, and more people came, and it was great, and there was a, a, a group of us. But actually, what would be exciting is, is if we had to have it in here because there wouldn't be enough room. Wouldn't that be exciting? So you're nodding and saying yes, but then that means you've got to physically be here. <laughs> yeah, that's the catch. So we're going to talk about prayer, power, pulpit, and praise. And so if we can start, uh, we, we're going to read the book of Samuel, and this is the story of Hannah. Um, and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, how does this really connect with, with what I'm talking about? Of course, that Hannah prays and it's amazing. But as we go through it, we're going to see. As I said, we've had a lot of teaching on prayer. We're not going to focus so much on that bit. We're going to focus more on the power, pulpit and praise. Um, my mum was sharing at her discipleship group about Noah. And she was t telling me about what had happened at the discipleship group and how she was sharing. And talking about how Noah built this ark, which is an amazing story. And it probably took him about about 100 years. We don't know how long it took because it doesn't say, but it was 500 when he was first mentioned in the Bible. It was 600 when he went in the ark. So probably 100 years. So I just want to, I want you to think about that for a minute. How many of you have prayed for anything for 100 years? You see, we pray for a week or a day or a month and we're going, God doesn't answer my prayers. And yet Noah, a hundred years he worked on something. And that really spoke to me when she said that, because I said, Lord, I'm so short-term. Everything's got to be immediate and short-term. So I want us to really think about what it means to really pray. Um, Noah didn't pray because he saw results. That is not why he prayed. Because if you can imagine, my mom was saying about how many sides of a, fo a football pitch the the, the uh, uh, arc was. But if you can imagine, to actually see what that's going to look like would have taken a long time. Probably it would have taken him 50 years before it would even start to look like a boat. And the man's never even seen a boat. So actually thinking what I'm, what I'm building is I can see the results of it. He wasn't seeing that. But still he stuck with it. And I just want to ask you, just think about why was it that Noah stuck with what he was doing? 
because he wasn't getting loads of encouragement. There were people coming up to going, yeah, go for it, Noah. Yeah, yeah, never had rain before, but yeah, we, yeah, you've heard the Lord. He wasn't getting loads of encouragement. He wasn't building something that he could actually see. Yes, I can see this is a boat. Obviously, it's a boat. Never seen a boat before. Never seen rain. But yeah, obviously, this is going to work. He wasn't getting that. The reason why Noah kept doing what he was doing was because he loved God, because of his relationship with God. His motivation was relationship. And do you know, we are motivated by relationship. Because when you get home from work and you remember that you've got to come all the way here for a half past eight prayer meeting, I am not thinking to myself, I can't wait to get there. I am at home and it's lovely and it's warm and I've just made some dinner and a cake and I want to eat both of those things. I don't want to get in my car and drive all the way here for one hour and then go all the way back home again. What is my motivation? Because I love God. That's my motivation. So church, I want us to recognize the fact that the reason we do things, it's not about other people. It's because we love God. And because God wants to change the world. And he wants to change the world through us. Noah was motivated by his love for God. So, in the story of Hannah, which we're going to look at, which is in 1 Samuel 1, uh, 6 to 20. If you've got a Bible, you can look at it, but I think we've got it up on the screen. Thank you. Um, So, we haven't, just because of time, we're not going to read the whole story, but just to so you know that it is factually in the Bible. It is there, and I'm not just making it up. So Hannah, Hannah uh, can't have children. She, uh, her husband has got another wife as well, who basically takes the mickey out of her because to have children sh- is a sign of God's favor. So she doesn't feel God's favor because she's saying, Lord, uh, I, don't ha- I have no child. And this other woman is, look at her, she's got children and she's been really blessed. And I really love what Hannah's husband says to her. Um, You know, God places people in our lives for a reason. He gives us relationships for a reason, uh, friendships, and he gives us husbands and wives for a reason. And those people generally are nothing like us. And that's really good. Look at the person next to you and say, you're nothing like me. I know you might also want to add, thank goodness, but don't put that on the end. That's not encouraging. Um, God does that for a reason, you know. He does it because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So there is Hannah saying to God, oh, I've got no children. And she's, she's moping about and, you know, and her husband look at, looks at her. I love this because this is such a husband thing to do. He looks at her and he goes, sorry, what's the problem? Aren't I better than? <laughs> that is, and you know, like you just want to go, yeah, yeah, thank you. It's great having you. Um, that's his answer to her. And sometimes our friends say to us, you think, that's, that's not what I want to hear. Uh, he doesn't know what else to do. What else can he do? He's praying for his wife. He's pray- he doesn't know what else to do. I feed you. In fact, what I do for you, Hannah, is I give you a little bit more than what I give because I'm, you know, I'm aware of the situation and so I'm trying to look after you. And, but Hannah's, it, the Bible says that Hannah's face is downcast. She is so burdened and weary and struggling with the fact that she doesn't have children. And the Bible says that she goes to, um, they go every year to pray. And uh, 
And what I love is, is this reminder that God keeps reminding me because actually God blesses people anyway. God, things happen anyway. If we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 40, 45, it says uh, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to, ra- to shine on the good and the bad. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So what we know is that if you're really, really blessed, that doesn't, really, that doesn't mean you're doing, always doing the right thing. That's tough sometimes. Because sometimes we think the people who are really, really blessed are the ones, oh, look, Lord, they're so holy. They must be really, really holy because they've got a Mercedes and they've got this and they've got all the things that they need. They've got children. They've got... But the Bible doesn't say that at all. The Bible says the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. So again... My reason for praying is not because of what I get. That's not my reason for praying. Because the Bible says the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. So whether I get it or I don't, whether my prayer looks like it's answered or it's not, that's not my reason for praying. My reason for praying is because I love God and actually because God is changing me. That's my reason for praying. Because God's teaching me something. He's changing me and he wants me to change the world. Does God want you to impact the world? If he does, then you need to pray. We need to pray. Yesterday at the, um, at the conference, there was a Jewish guy speaking, and it was just beautiful. He was talking about how in the Jewish culture, they reinforce the Bible everywhere. So in their, in their house, they might have a little plate of manna. Not real manna, obviously. It represents manna. They might have a pile of rocks. They might have this. So in the house, there's continual reminders of what God has done. I thought that was awesome. Continual reminders. This is what God has done. And, you know, he talked about Solomon and he talked about David. And I'm looking at him thinking, gosh, you must have known him. Then I'm like, no, no, of course you don't know him. You're, you're like my age. You can't know. But he, it's so embedded in them that they talk about these guys like they knew them. That's how we want our prayer life to be. That when we're praying, we are talking to a God that we know. You can't say you know somebody if you never talk to them. You can't bring up your f- best friend after 15 years and say, yeah, I know I haven't been in touch, but uh, is your favorite color still green? Hello, I haven't spoken to you for 15 years. Are you using the term best friend with me? We're not best friends. I haven't spoken to you. That does, it's, it's doesn't work, does it? You know that in a relationship, you have to have contact. We have to have contact with our Father. We have to have contact with God. It was so lovely. One of the other things he said was about, ch- about the children. He talked about the having a memory box. And he said that every time the child prays for something, every time their children pray for something, and God answers that prayer, they write it on a piece of paper and they put it in a box. And every few months, they open the box and they read those things. And I thought, that's amazing. Because I, I wonder, if you got saved when you were a child, I got saved when I was 12. I actually can't remember the first miracle God did. I can't remember what it was. God's done loads of, th- God has answered amazing prayers. But I can't remember what they are. But in the Old Testament, God says it over and over again. Every seven years, come together and worship. Every seven years, read the first five books, of the Torah. Every se- That's what God says over and over again. The Israelites wandered around in the, in the desert for 40 years. Why? Because they forgot. They forgot the things that God had done. So when we come to pray, we are coming to pray to say, Lord, we believe in you. This is what you've done, Lord. You did this, and you did this, and you did this, and we remember what God has done. 
um, prayer is a very key part of who we are. So Hannah goes to the temple. She pours out her heart to God again. This isn't the first time she's prayed about her having a child. And she's pouring out her heart to God. And uh, can we have the next one, please? Thank you. She's pouring out her heart to God. And she's praying to God. And she's saying, Lord, please, will you help me? Will you do something? Will you answer this prayer? And remember I said about the fact that we're all different, so I'm now going to move on to power. I love the way that we pray. My friend came from Ghana. Uh, he's a pastor, and he came. When he first came, he said to me, I, when I came to England, that was the first time I realized that God wasn't deaf. He said, because I had been so used to shouting when we pray. He said, and suddenly I come to England, and people are not shouting. And I thought, whoa, so, so God isn't deaf then. We don't have to shout. It's great to pray. I, you know, when, when I'm asked to pray after Steve, I think, oh, no. <laughs> I can't pray after Steve. Because when Steve prays, you're holding on to something. <laughs> because when he prays, man, his voice is shaking the earth. He's serious about his prayers. And then I get up to pray, Lord, I just want to thank you that... <laughs> But sometimes we need to pray like that, don't we? Sometimes we need to say, listen, say, and this isn't happening. This is not happening. I'm taking authority. And we need to really go for it and shout and scream and stamp. And sometimes we need to do that. We don't always need to do that. Sometimes that one sentence, that one word, that Lord help me, that's all God needs. Actually, the shouting and screaming isn't for God's benefit. That's for our benefit. We're declaring before our, the, everyone that's around, the principalities and powers, listen, this isn't your domain, this is, the heaven, this is God's domain. We pray in power, and power isn't volume. Power comes from your heart. And we know that because in this prayer that Hannah prays, she isn't shouting and screaming. She's pouring out her heart to God. And do you remember I said about prayer comes from the heart? Actually, Hannah's prayer comes from her heart. She says, Lord, I am downcast. I don't know why you've done this to me. I don't know why this is happening. And I'm, so, I'm adding this because that isn't in there. She's just so pouring out her heart to God. And she's pouring out in such a way that the, the priest says to her, listen, if you're drunk, I don't want you in my house. You need to get out. And she, she, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring out my heart to God. She pours out her heart before the Lord. We need power when we pray. In 1 Samuel 1, verse 15 to 16. Could somebody read that for me, please? So, uh, while you're finding that, I'm just going to uh, carry on. Someone could just find 1 Samuel 1, 15 16. Just put up the next picture, please. Thank you. Oh, the next one. Thank you. Oh, the next one. And the next one. Oh, okay. And the next one. I just want the picture of the, of the Jewish guy, thanks. If you can just find that, great. Okay, so we're praying with power. And uh, the Jewish people, they have to wear something special. They have to do certain things. But that isn't what power is. We don't have to be on our knees with our knees bleeding for eight years and then get up and say, yes, I've prayed in power because my knees are bleeding and that's a demonstration of me praying in power. We were praying and fasting for a week. Put your hands up if you prayed and fasted during the, the week that we were praying and fasting. Okay, seven of us. Okay, no, it was more than that. Thank you. Um, 
it was challenging. And I was in the car with my sister and her friend, and uh, she's 11. And so I said, to eating crisps as they do in my lovely car that was clean. But anyway, bless them, Lord. And so I said, oh, can I have a crisp, please? And she said, no, you can't because you're fasting. <laughs> and I said, yeah, and so should you be fasting. You need to fast. Um, but we need to engage our families in, in prayer and fasting. We know in the story of Job that when he goes to the city, the king doesn't say, like, everybody who's an adult and understand what I'm saying, can you fast? The king said everybody had to fast. Read the story. It says, actually in writing, the animals had to fast. The cows had to fast. He called a fast for everybody. They were serious. You see, our children don't learn by just watching us. They learn by what we say. So when we're praying for something, son, daughter, we need to pray about this because we need a new car. We don't have the money for it, so let's pray. You pray, I'm going to pray, let's ask God for an answer. We need to engage each other. So we had a whole conversation in our car about praying and fasting. It was fantastic. Talking about what praying and fasting is. Why do we pray and fast? Why is it that you pray and fast and I'm not praying and fasting? We're all involved in praying and fasting because actually we want to. That king said, listen, it's not about me changing it from here in the hierarchy. This city needs to change. We need to change. We want to see God move. Church, do we want to see God move? Because actually, Pastor Joe going, this is a year of impact, and I want to see Greenwich change, is not going to change Greenwich as powerful as he is. He's coming to the church and saying, church, I want to see Greenwich change. We need to impact Greenwich. We need to impact the world. I've got no desire to go anywhere outside of London. We had to go to Ilford yesterday, and I was like, the Blackwood Tunnel, that's the other side. I don't do the other side. <laughs> London is fine, and I thank God for calling me to be here. Thank you, Jesus. So when Pastor Joe's talking about Ghana and Libya and great Lord, send them. I will pray for them to go. Because that's right, some people are called to be sent and some are called to stay. <laughs> but you know what? We're doing it as a church. We are praying for those countries. Those are our churches. Those are our people. We should be praying for them. Power comes in our prayers. So Hannah's heart says, Lord, I'm crying out to you. And what is interesting is, is that uh, as it goes on, so you have to go back now to where we were, I think. I don't know. Try the next one. Uh, the one after the one. That's so messed up. Okay, so one. Oh, great. Have you got the 1 Samuel 1, 15 to 16? So Hannah goes back and the Bible says that the Lord opened her womb. So why did he open her womb? She'd been praying loads of times, I'm sure. We don't know because it doesn't say that in the Bible. But I presume she'd prayed loads of times. So how comes the Lord opened her womb then? The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, they're in the midst. So when there's only me and my mum in that prayer room before anyone else gets there, that's fine. Because actually we are gathering to pray for the prayer points. So when they come together, the guy says to her, the priest says to her, listen, I hear your heart. 
I hear what's on your heart. That joining together has power. 1 Samuel 1, 15 to 16 uh, says, who had it? Who had it? Who found it anyway? Okay, go for it. Read it for us. Nice and loud. Thanks. Thank you. And then it goes on to say that the Lord opened her womb. Exodus 3, 7 to 8 says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the mercy of my people, misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of of the slave drivers. That is one of my favorite verses. Do you hear that? God said, I, the Lord, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of the slave drivers. And then it says, and I am concerned about their suffering, and this is one of my favorite verses. Two of my favorite verses are these. This one, and when Peter cuts off uh, the guy's ear when they're going to arrest Jesus. It's my favorite. It really is. I love it. There's this huge scene of Jesus is going to be crucified, and he cuts off this guy's Just imagine someone coming and picking up someone's ear and sticking it back on their head. I love that so much. Anyway, this is my other one of my other favorites. It says, This just is so powerful. This is what God said. This is what the King of Kings says. He says, So I have come down to rescue them. That is awesome. He didn't, it doesn't say, I have raised up somebody to send them to go and sort it out, which God does, and he did. But what it says is, I have come down. That is awesome. That is serious, serious power. That's the God we serve. Church, when we pray, the Bible says that God comes down. That's what we want. So, very quickly, pulpit. I said to the Lord, how does this, why, why are you telling me to put pulpit in? Do you know what we need, church? We need church. We need to be in church. We need the pulpit. Hannah bows her knee before the Lord. She comes before the Lord. The word pulpit is used in three ways. It's one of these, which we see in church. It's used in a factory for a guy who's standing over and giving orders. And it's also a pulpit on a boat. For those of you that are rich and have a boat, you will know that already. I can see a few people nodding. Yeah, I've got my yacht. It's just down, down in Greenwich. They have a pulpit. And the whole point of a pulpit is somewhere to go, somewhere to speak. We need a pulpit. When I hear people say, yeah, I don't need to go to church because my relationship is with God and, uh, or I go from church to church or, oh yeah, uh, um, 11 o'clock, you know, I've been at work, I go to work at 7 every morning, so 11 o'clock on a Sunday, I don't do that because that's my day off. It's, as the Lord says, it's a day of rest, so I rest and I watch the service online and I don't need to be at church. Actually, we need the pulpit. 
We need the pulpit. We need to come before the pulpit like Hannah did. She came to the pulpit. She came to the pulpit and said, this is my heart's cry. Something happens from the pulpit. We hear the word of God from the pulpit. We check out what God is saying. Lord, is that you? God doesn't say sit here like an idiot and go, yeah, that must be true because the pastor said, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says check it out. When you hear something, you check it out. Does the Bible actually say that? Is that what God is saying? We need the pulpit. We need to be teachable. We need to be taught. We need to be challenged. We need to hear the word of God. And you get that from being here. Sometimes it's painful to get here. Sometimes you don't want to get up. Sometimes you've had an argument with your partner and you think, well, you go to church, I'm staying at home. But we need the pulpit. And there is power in the pulpit. We need the pulpit. In Matthew 18, verse 19 to 22, it says, Again, truly, I tell you that if two or three of you are gathering anything they ask, if it is done for them, my Father in heaven, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. People don't often read this bit, which is the next bit of the verse, which is very important. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, but how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And then it says up to seven times. So the reason I wanted to read the next verse is because it's about our heart. You see, I can't say to Frankie, yeah, Frankie, I need a sports car. So based on this Bible, two or three of us, we're going to gather and we're going to pray for a sports car because uh, that's what I need. So in the name of Jesus, we're claiming, in fact, I might get Steve because he's a bit louder. And uh, Come on, Steve, let's, just, let's, claim this, let's claim this gold gold-plated, yes, this is what we're claiming in the name of Jesus. But actually, often, and this is why I encourage you, the Bible was split up for our purposes. So where we have those headings and the big, that's not how the original was. That's been done for our benefit, the page. So I'd encourage you, don't just read the chapter. What does it say before and what does it say after? People will read that bit. Two or three are gathered, yeah, let's gather in, in my name. That's great, Lord, we'll do that. But actually what it says straight afterwards is, Peter was asked, how often do I have to give? forgive? Because actually, the state of my heart is the basis for my prayer. What am I asking God for a Mercedes for? What am I asking God for a sports car for? Really? Because I look God good? Well, then is God going to give me that? Is that what's best? So I just want to encourage you again. Come to the Lord and let it be based on what your heart is. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be great. We don't have to be, Lord, I just want to... We haven't got, sometimes we come to the Lord like Hannah and say, Lord, this is really tough and I've had enough and I can't take it. I don't even know what to say. In fact, I can't even speak in tongues, so I'm just here. I'm here, okay? I'm physically here, Lord. That's fine. We don't have to be perfect. The next one is praise. 1 Samuel chapter 2 is a powerful prayer of praise. It's Hannah just declaring before God, Father, this is who you are. Jesus, you are my savior, you are my rock. You've done all these awesome things. She is excited about what God is doing. And Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. See Noah again. He moved in faith. 
It was a faith thing that he did. And he was able to praise God. It was out of faith. God, you're going to do it. I trust you. I believe you. I know you're able to, to do it in the name of Jesus. There are blessings when we believe. Hannah was a barren woman. She had seven children after she had her son. But there was something interesting that happened because actually she was willing to say, Father, I will sacrifice. I will give because you've blessed me. Just look at the person next to you and say, are you willing to sacrifice out of your blessing? You see, I wonder how much we are, we are willing to do that. Because actually, sometimes we say to God, well, you can have 50%. You can have 80% of me. Mm, you can have 60% of me. I I'll do everything except go to the prayer meetings. I'll do everything except tithe. Oh, I'm going to tithe after I've paid tax on my bills. You see, we have a percentage in what we give God. But we have to be willing to give everything. We want blessings. We want to bless others. And God says, be willing to make the sacrifice. Prayer is a sacrifice. What we're going to do now is we're going to pray. We are going to pray as a church. So could the people who are leading areas of prayer, if you could come out, please, very quickly. And uh, just as they come, I want us to prepare our hearts. If you can get the song ready. I just want us to prepare our hearts because I want us to actually be ready to go and pray. And we're all going to go and pray. So if you could just play the, play the song and the words are going to be up on the screen. And I just want us to really focus on this song. Prepare your hearts before the Lord that we are going to pray. Father, I just want to pray that you will help us. Father, we need prayer. We need to praise. We need the pulpit. Lord, we need, Father, all of these areas, God. And Father, I pray that for each one of us, Lord, in the areas that you're challenging us, whether we haven't been committed to prayer, whether we haven't had that dynamic power in our lives, whether it's about our pulpit, Lord, that we're not coming before you in that way, whether it's about our praise, in each of these areas, God, would you speak to us? And as we worship you with this song, as we hear these words, Father, would you help us to focus and, Lord, hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen.
So what we're going to do now is we're going to pray. So could the prayer leaders please go to the different rows? And um, what we're going to do is we're going to go and pray. And this song says, stir my heart, Lord. We are pushing in. And that's what we're going to do. We are going to push in and pray. So these prayer leaders are going to take you to a, a particular area and you are going to pray and press in in an area. Our whole church is going to be mobilized. Online, we've got the different things that we're going to be praying for. So if, if the rows could please go, if you could take um, your people, there should be, so everyone should be mobilized to go with one of the prayer leaders. If you can go with them, please go to those areas now. Great. Thank you. And then I'm just going to give you some more instructions. If you can move quickly. Thank you. They should all have somebody. If not, take some of them. Take them to your thing and come back. So, great. Are we, are we all in an area? Okay, take them with you. Just take them. Take them. Great. Can we have some more people join that one at the end? Thank you. Yeah, okay. Great. If you're a guest, uh, you don't need to join in if you don't want to. I know if you've got children, it's difficult sometimes. But we'd like everyone to go. So all these people in this row, if you'd like to go and join that very end one. Thank you. The, thank you. Where She's just waving her hand. So if you can join Sharice over there. So everybody should be mobilized. Thank you. Great. You can go and join Sharice. If you're a guest, don't feel that you have to go, but please feel free to join somebody if you want to. Thank you. Okay, so what we're going to do is... Uh, Everybody's in an area. We are going to pray over those specific areas. And uh, there's some, some uh, different things that are in those areas which you're going to pray for. And then you're going to move around to a different area. So uh, as you pray, just use what is already there. David, if you could uh, lead that one there, which I believe is the world. So if you can take some people with you to do that one that's just there where the world is. Thank you. If you want to go with David, that'd be great. Thanks. So we're going to pray over these things, individuals praying. We are, we are praying as a church. And as I said, online, you can see what the different topics are and just cover those. And then I'll just give you an indication when you need to move to the next area. And uh, your people leading you will show you what to do. So just go for it and just begin to pray. Let's go. Let's pray.
Okay, please could you move to the next one? So your uh, prayer leader will take you to the next one. So please move along to the next one. Okay, so if you could move along to the next one, please. Thank you. Thank you. Please move along to the next one. Okay, so uh, the team, all these guys up here, you need to move along. So if you, David, you're moving along to the next one. Great. 